This is the EPLOG audio experience. Hello and welcome to Hit The Road, India's first podcast for all you athletes. My name is Rohan Thakar and it's so good to be back on the show with another great episode lined up for you. This week on Hit The Road, we have Sidan Chauhan. He is an Ironman, Keltman, Swedeman and has influenced a lot of people through his uh, posts and is also a coach to a lot of triathlon aspirants. He is also the first Indian to participate and finish in X-Tree. So, without wasting any time, let's get to the show. Hi Siddhant, welcome to Hit The Road. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much Rohan. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on this show. And I look forward to having a wonderful conversation with you. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. We are all curious to have your insights on the triathlon world and how you have been participating in it and your contributions. But before that, I would like to know, how did you get introduced to triathlon? Uh, Well, to be very honest, uh, this was not a sport which was ever in my radar. Uh, I never thought I'll get into triathlons because uh, for me, running has been a big mental barrier for a very long time. As as a kid, I used to (laughs) play basketball and I represented my state uh, at the national level on a couple of occasions. But that was it. So once I moved to college, I started my engineering the focus was completely Mm. on building a career and uh, along the way the entire fitness regime went for a toss Uh, it's only back in 2014 when I was working with Reckitt Benkiza as a part of my role I was also looking after CSR and our global charity partner Save the Children uh, Mm -hmm. we used to uh, run multiple programs to kind of raise funds for various initiatives that we used to kind of roll out in, in, in collaboration. Uh, one of such initiatives was a fundraiser exercise that we conducted across all our offices globally and people yes. had to nominate themselves to you know raise their hand and say I will raise X amount of funds uh, by doing so and so activity or uh, you know and all, all, all the proceeds from the funds that I raise will go to the different projects that Rekit Benkiza supports uh, for Save the Children. Okay. And since I was looking after CSR, I raised my hand and I said, okay, fine, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take up this challenge. And this was more of a push that I got mm-hmm. from my managing director, Nitish Kapoor, at that point of time. And he was very supportive of such initiatives. Uh, so in a very casual conversation, considering that he had worked across various uh, locations uh, abroad for Rekit Benkiza, I asked him that, you know, what exactly do people generally do uh, to raise funds? So he said, look, uh, there are a couple of fundraisers that they organize. A lot of them are into fitness. So they sign up for a marathon or a half marathon and then they raise funds and also create awareness around the cause. So, I mean, Mm. for me, running again, you know, it brought back some bad memories and I thought, okay, this is not something that uh, would kind of excite me. Uh, But then, you know, I was also looking at this as an opportunity to kind of get started uh, I knew that you know once I start training for it I'll, I'll be kind of able to kind of complete it but it was a Herculean task for me and I never wanted to mm. take it up until then I had you know I had I had heard about triathlons uh, you know I had come across this concept uh, of Norseman extreme triathlon which happens in Norway but uh, you know I'd completely dismissed it uh, saying oh okay it's a wonderful triathlon it looks extremely difficult okay. maybe someday I'll be able to do it and that's about it I kind of moved on from there uh, so when this op- so at that time were you running no I wasn't 
I wasn't. I mean, in fact, at that point of time, I was completely soaked into work. Uh, I was working 24-7 and that's the only thing I remember doing. And as a result of which, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my entire lifestyle went for a toss. Eating habits went for a toss. And, you know, by around 2012, I'd almost touched touched uh, a weight of 107 kilos. And uh, then back oh. in 2014, when this uh, this opportunity came across, uh, so, uh, you know, Nitish did advise that you can probably sign up for this Airtel Delhi Half Marathon, uh, you know, which at that point of time was being organized mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around October or November. And uh, I said, okay, it sounds good. Uh, in my head, I knew that maybe this is a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of trying to avoid it. Uh, until one day he confronted me in office and he said, hey, what happened to our discussion that we had the other day? Have you signed up for the half marathon? And uh, I didn't have a choice. So I said, yeah, yeah I've done it. <laughs> Not to worry. I'm starting off with a fundraiser. So that's how it began. And one thing led to the other. I had no clue how to start training. I just downloaded an app on the phone. It advised me to run X amount of distance every day and I continued to follow it. And for me, the basic guideline at that point of time is if I'm running X kilometers today, tomorrow Mm. or day after, I need to run X plus some amount, which is an incremental gain, which was definitely not the right approach, considering that, you know, I didn't have a very active lifestyle then. then. So time went by. I somehow managed to finish the half marathon. And, uh, you know, it was quite a quite a disaster Mm. because I was suffering after 16, 17 kilometers. I was literally crawling my way to the finish line. But at some level, it gave me the confidence that, you know, within a short span of two months without any structure, I was able to finish it. And uh, what also got me moving through and through this entire process was the fact that, you know, I'm doing it for a cause. And that was a big motivator for me that while I'm raising funds, uh, you know, there, there are some lives I'll end up kind of impacting directly or indirectly through these funds. So that was a big motivator. Now, what happened when I crossed the finish line, I saw a lot of athletes uh, who belong to different running groups and they all look very hale and hearty, right? And I said, okay, how do they manage to do that? Maybe they're following some kind of a structure. And that's when I, you Mm. know, kind of started interacting with a few folks, trying to figure out which are the running groups which are close by. And uh, I began training with one of them. And uh, till then, I mean, I really didn't know how it will kind of impact my performance. But I signed up for another half marathon uh, Mm -hmm. in April of 2015. And I clearly remember that I was fairly comfortable doing that half marathon. And by the time I crossed the finish line, it was as easy as, you know, just a walk in the park. And I was quite surprised because this was only within a span of three to four months. And uh, that gave me a little confidence to say that, okay, I you know there is a possibility Uh, did that give you some structure yes it did give me a structure it was a strength and conditioning training program which i was following so which kind of you know helped me uh in my runs as well and then i used to follow a certain structure of saying okay i'll have some interval training i'll do some long runs and there'll be some rest days where i'll focus on other aspects as well so this really helped and uh, that's when i kind of started you know, going back to that thought of saying, okay, triathlons, is that possible? Uh, I had done cycling, I had done swimming, but that was, again, way back in school. And uh, once I was, you know, once I crossed that barrier of uh, running, I thought maybe it's time to explore the other two elements. So I bought a mountain bike and, uh, you know, I started riding that very often. 
you know the the big the biggest question at that point of time was okay a lot of people buy a bike but then the bike is always lying around it's used more like a hanger a bike or a treadmill at home so i said okay let me not invest in a very very expensive bike i'll bring a very basic mtb and start riding and see where i head from there so another 8 to 10 months i continued doing that and once i got fairly uh you know kind of confident that i'm pursuing both activities simultaneously uh you know i was having a discussion with my wife because this was also the time 2015 uh was also the time when we were blessed with a baby girl and uh, i mean being a nuclear family for us that itself was a drastic change in our lifestyle and overall approach and then you know all of a sudden getting this new bug of triathlon uh i had at, at that point of time no clue that you know what will the training demand how will our lifestyle need to be changed and all those things but i knew it's it's tough uh it will require effort and that's all i knew so i was having a discussion with my wife and uh, she was very supportive she said look you know there'll never be a perfect time uh you can keep uh, waiting for another 2 years to start or maybe just give it a try right now uh because you know uh our daughter is just going to grow up from here on and you know we will need to dedicate more and more time to her so if if you're looking at waiting for that perfect opportunity that might not arise you might want to make the most out of what we have and in january 2016 i remember i reached out to my coach deepak raj who was based in australia and uh, you know i had a quick chat with him and we instantly connected and uh, he advised that okay give yourself another 4 to 6 months time and then look at a half iron distance uh, race which we can participate in of course i did tell him that you know my aspiration was uh, i was quite fascinated by this race uh, which i came across a long time back which was norseman and now when i look back i'm sure he would have chuckled in his head saying that this guy hasn't even started and he wants to go for norseman so he said okay we will we'll get to it uh, one step at a time uh, so i was in no hurry so i said i'm completely in your hands you advise me how i need to kind of proceed and we'll take it from there so that's how it all started and uh, in in august of 2016 is when i did my half ironman distance in indonesia and bintan and uh, thereafter again you know the the entire cycle of training began and one thing led to the other wonderful so one one takeaway from the short conversation that we are having is that there's never a perfect time you need to make that time your perfect timing absolutely absolutely i mean if if i was to kind of step back and look at all the parameters maybe even at this point of time i would yes. think that oh maybe it's not the perfect opportunity but then looking at how things have progressed uh, you know on the in the hindsight uh, it it doesn't look like a bad decision at all yes <laughs> definitely and now you are impacting so many people's life through your post through the people around you um, just by talking about what you're doing and the transformation that you have had in so many years it's 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 that itself is so much motivating and your one act has been inspiration to countless people out there so talking about extreme sports extreme triathlon how is it different from uh, an iron man or what what comprises of extra uh extreme triathlons uh how how would i define it basically you can you can break it up into two components right the, there is an element of certainty in the constants 
and there is an element of uncertainty in the variable. So what are the constants here? Uh, generally, you will see that these extreme triathlons are organized in remote locations, which are extremely scenic and offer very extreme weather conditions as well as terrain. Just to give you an example, the swim is generally in a lake or part of the sea where temperatures are roughly anywhere between 11 to 15 degrees. Uh, the bike course is slightly more than a typical Ironman bike course, which is of 180. In extreme triathlon, it's generally around, you know, 180 plus, uh, close to 2, 205, 210. Uh, but the elevation is at least 2000 meters in most of these races, uh, which makes the course extremely hilly. The same is the case with the runs. It's in, in most cases, it's purely a trail run where the elevation again is anywhere between 1500 meters to 3000 meters uh, across all the races that are organized. Now, these are the constants. Uh, the variables, of course, is, is weather, rain, cold winds, uh, and the fact that sometimes the race conditions get extremely brutal to a point where, you know, most of the races have a format where, you know, a certain section of the run course, uh, the athlete has to be accompanied by a support crew. And there's always a, you know, checkpoint after your second transition to run where the race director also needs to take a call whether it is safe enough for athletes to pursue the higher course, which is generally on top of a hill or top of a mountain. So, and, and all these races are self-supported. So you need to have your own support crew, which uh, kind of stays with you throughout the day. Okay. Okay. It's very interesting. So we are speaking about low, low temperatures, high altitudes, erratic terrains and you are you're sitting in delhi in the heart of a city where which is almost landlocked yes it is landlocked and temperatures are not that high or not low so how did you train for it what was your training process uh well uh to be very honest uh, uh when when i my first intention was to sign up for norseman so i entered into the ballot for Norsemen in 2016, in 2017, as well as in 2018. Now in 2016, I didn't get through. Uh, so while I was entering the ballot in 2017, I said that, you know, why should it be more like a linear approach? Let me at least get an experience of what an X3 race, uh, you know, actually feels like. And I ended up signing for uh, Keltman. Uh, and luckily, I got through Keltman. And uh, I again didn't get through Norseman. So watching the videos and reading about weather conditions is one thing. And when you actually experience it, it's altogether different. So I did know, you know, in, from what I had heard different people talk about that the, the water temperature is extremely cold. It's around 11 degrees and the water is infested with, you know, fields of jellyfish. Uh, never did an open water swim apart from, you know, the time when I participated in the uh, half Ironman and a full Ironman back in France as, and, and Indonesia. So for me, I mean, it was never a factor which was, uh, you know, uh, it was never a deterring factor. I never used to get scared of swimming in open waters. But then again, you know, how would it feel with jellyfish around and uh, what would 11 degrees feel like? I really didn't know. So my approach at that point of time was to do with whatever options that I had available. And this was also the first time that I was doing it. So the first thing I did, I reached out to the organizers and I asked them that, could you connect me to some folks who, anyone from India who would have done this? 
race in the past such that I can, you know, kind of count on their experience and then accordingly prepare. Unfortunately, they said, you're the first one doing it. So, you know, you'll have to figure it out how this needs to be done. I spoke to my coach. He connected me to a few athletes, but they all were either, uh, you know, who had access to a similar terrain. They were training in the Nordic region or in Australia uh, where they had access to elevation and sometimes the water temperature or the weather would kind of you know provide you that kind of simulation so it didn't really help much but I did manage to get some insights so training for me uh, you know was was difficult because summers out here are extremely harsh and you know kind of doing long rides uh, when the temperature is soaring all the way up to 44 45 degrees not having anyone else kind of accompany you for these long rides because obviously no one else is training for this kind of a goal and nobody wants to get burnt riding for five six hours in this kind of a heat so the only thing i was able to kind of simulate were uh, the headwinds we have this stretch of uh, expressway between kundli and manisar uh, which is an open freeway which doesn't have too much of traffic it works in your advantage and it also has a negative side the fact that it's completely deserted and barren sometimes it's not advisable that you go on a solo ride and when i used to have 120 150 plus kilometer bike rides uh, i was lucky enough that sometimes i used to have my fellow cyclists uh, be a part of the first 100k but then the remaining distance is something i had to do on my own there were occasions where I kind of, you know, completely bonked and I had to take a lift in a truck to somehow reach the other end of the highway where I had parked my car, uh, somehow managed to get in and then drive back home. So the, the conditions weren't very conducive and that's what I realized after I first signed up because at that point of time for me the excitement was signing up for these extreme triathlons to get a flavor of it and then realizing that okay maybe you know I don't have those kind of conditions available and logistically it wasn't you know working out for me to very frequently head towards Shimla or Chandigarh to in a course which offers you a high altitude as well as you know some amount of cold temperature so I just tried and did what I possibly could with the available resources for my first extra when was this when, when did you do your Kelman uh, this was in 2018. This was June of 2018, uh, almost a year back. Okay, wonderful. So you said that there's a ballot system. Uh, it means pe right. the organizers select you, am I right? Uh, they typically do not select. It's basically an online ballot where you apply and uh, participants are randomly picked. Okay. Uh, there is no process per se of evaluating why mm -hmm. and why person X should be given a better opportunity over a person Y. Uh, it's a random ballot process, pretty transparent mm -hmm. process that they have. And okay. they pick you from that. Now, with Norsemen, it's mm -hmm. one of the oldest uh, and marquee races in the All X3 series, which currently comprises of almost 11 races in different parts of the world. Mm. And uh, it receives almost 4,500 applications every year. Uh, oh. For, you know, just 250 slots so it kind of gets difficult but now with the field kind of spreading in people are getting to experience a similar uh, race format in a different surrounding in a different country mm -hmm. so what goes in preparation for such events what what is that different like you said there's jellyfish so how did you manage that 
Uh, well, I went to the market, but I couldn't find any, uh, so I couldn't. <laughs> so I couldn't really train with that. Uh, but uh, you know, after I did my first X3, uh, uh, it, it, it was quite a wonderful experience, but a brutal one. What I also realized that through these races, one thing that you need uh, and which you'll definitely need to kind of get past, especially if you're training in this kind of a terrain, is having a very tough uh mental attitude right because physically these these races will challenge you uh they'll give your system a big shock uh one in terms of terrain one in terms of weather conditions and the overall format but what will keep you going is your mental strength and that's exactly what you need to kind of focus on and that's something which i carried forward uh you know for for my event which happened this year which is speedman because once i knew what kind of you know the terrain and the challenges these races offer i was better prepared i was mentally better prepared to take on anything that comes your way on the race day plus uh, in terms of bike ride of course uh, i did almost 85 to 90% of my bike rides indoors uh, but then you know i i did go out for the longer rides towards my peak period uh, peak uh, you know volume period uh, along with my wife who is who was the support crew that i had uh, so that really helped and uh, we work we kind of created some workouts which would give uh, you know my system a slight simulation of what uh, a, a you know a, a terrain which is extremely you know hilly would feel like over and above that uh, for the run what we incorporated were different drills and different permutations and combination of running on stairs so there was a specific block uh, of training that i had wherein i was all i was doing is running across you know the floors in my apartment so i live on the 11th floor and i have 13 floors in the building so there were days when i was just running up uh, all the way from ground floor till 13th floor then running down and then running up and running down uh, that would go on for an hour sometimes more than an hour and sometimes we would kind of mix it up uh, you know i would come back from a long ride to 2k on a flat course and then start running on the stairs for the next 45 minutes or so so we tried with uh, we experimented with different formats and the conditioning actually helped so you know when i went for sweetman this year i felt fairly better prepared but of course uh, as as these races are uh, famous for they'll they'll throw you a challenge which you'll never be kind of fully prepared for uh, especially you know if you're training in these conditions uh, a lot of participants out there uh, in these races come from uh, european countries or nordic countries where the kind of terrain uh, that these races offer uh, is exactly yeah, what they they exactly train in that right i i remember this time around when i went for a recce swim the water temperature was around 15 degrees and uh, there was somebody who just jumped into the water with their trunks on and they said look i mean this is not cold enough the moment you know the temperature hits 20 is what uh, is when they start getting uncomfortable so they are living on an other extreme and their race conditions are completely favorable to them uh, having said that i don't see that as an excuse for me not being able to perform well uh, but the way i look at it is that you know with these experiences how exactly can i proceed to ensure that i don't let these uh you know parameters be any kind of hindrance when i go and do my next extreme race so it's a constant evolution process and i'm learning after every extreme race that how should i improvise how should i relook at my training strategy and what are the changes that i need to do 
such that you know i'm able to kind of compete at a at at a decent level uh, in in these races okay, got it so let's speak a little more about the mindset and mind conditioning so what exercises did you do or what how did you develop that mindset to take on this uh, humongous challenge because like you said you can of course start with enthusiasm and motivation but how do you develop that mind conditioning or that mind power to keep going on in such a rough terrain in against all the conditions how how do you keep going okay so uh, one of the key things that one has to keep in mind while pursuing endurance sports uh, is the fact that you need to have the right motivation and the passion for these kind of activities or events uh, in absence of that uh, you will find it a struggle uh, right from the training stage till the time you get onto the playing field and finish the event and one of the things that i have also done is the fact that i kind of push myself sometimes in an uncomfortable territory during my training uh, phase as well uh which tests me mentally as well as physically and that also kind of works out well uh you know in, in my favor when i'm training for these events and one of the one of the easiest examples out there is the fact that i'm training in extremely opposite weather conditions and you know training in extreme heat uh in in delhi itself is quite daunting uh so any time i see a long ride or a long midweek run Uh, i have to mentally prepare myself to say okay i need to get this done uh, it's not about whether i wake up today and i feel like doing it as long as physically i am uh, capable of finishing off that workout i need to work around mentally to be able to do these uh, uh you know training rides or training runs or long swim sessions uh some of the things that i've done uh which have kind of helped me is uh you know during my bike rides as i earlier mentioned that 90% of my bike rides were done indoors and uh you know doing these rides indoors can sometimes be very daunting uh it can be extremely monotonous and they really test you they test your patience and uh, for for uh you know and, and and i have been doing these rides right from uh you know the first half distance triathlon that i was training for and while right in the beginning i found it extremely difficult but i also realized that this also helps you train mentally uh you know the longest ride that i have done on an indoor trainer is for 7 hours uh and you know in this season how what i had done was uh, you know since i wanted to spend a little more time with my family over the weekend i started this ride somewhere around 11 in the night and i wrapped this up at around 6 or 7 in the morning uh so going through these kind of situations also kind of toughens you up and one of the imp- other strategies which i always use is you know breaking the longer race into smaller distances into smaller milestones and every time you accomplish that milestone it's it, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and it kind of works as a motivator so when i look at a 205k bike ride i don't look at it in 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 its complete form i break it up into either chunks of 10 kilometers or chunks of 25 kilometers and when i'm doing those 25 kilometers my focus is purely to get through those 25 kilometers and not think about the remaining 175k so once i do 125 then i move over to the next 25 and similarly for the run uh and i generally you know all my trainings have been within my residential complex uh which 
has a perimeter of approximately 2.2 kilometers. So it really works, uh, you know, fantastically well in terms of logistics, but uh, it also helps you train your mind because when I have to do uh, a 28 or a 30K run, which basically means I have to do almost 14 to 15 loops of, of the yes. locality, which can get very taxing. And, you know, I as I said, I try and push my push myself into these uncomfortable situations during my training period so that also kind of helps me uh, you know break those barriers on the race day so what are your future plans uh, but before that i wanted to know uh, what was your motivation behind all these activities because you said uh, before you wanted to do charity what is your motivation behind doing such extreme sports uh, well, I always enjoyed sports, but uh, as is the story or the case with most of us that, you know, we pursued sports back in school. And, uh, yes. you know, since uh, in those days, there were not too many avenues for individuals who were keen on pursuing sports as a career. You know, we were kind of pushed to alternate avenues of building our career first and not looking at choosing sports as a channel to build a career until unless you were playing something like cricket and uh, basketball was one sport yes. which which had a good visibility and which had a good training ground back in Rajasthan but you know as we are aware that in those days there was no NBA in India the way it is in, in its current stage mm. and you really didn't know that you know how exactly uh, can you kind of build your career around this sport because you know you could get a government job at the best if you were you know amongst the top players and then after that again you know it, it's even from a sports perspective yes. you wouldn't go that far uh, so, of course, you know, I came from a middle class family. I had to also look at uh, the financial support aspect. And uh, I decided to kind of pursue uh, my engineering and get into uh, building a career for myself. So, you know, mm. uh, that really didn't kind of fulfill my dreams at that point of time so you always have that unfulfilled desire that you wanted to go back to and yes. uh, that entire uh, concept of Norseman triathlon really fascinated me and that's that became more like an entry point that was more like a trigger point for me to get into the sport and once I got into the sport it uh, really fascinated me and what the the most important aspect was the fact that you know you you kind of get surprised by what your mind and body are capable of once you mm. uh, set your uh, self for a certain goal that you want to achieve and if there's a certain structure and direction that you follow it's achievable so there there are a lot of learnings that you get even for your personal life in terms of your you know goals that you have in terms of your career in terms of your personal life where you see yourself a couple of years down the line and you start working backwards uh, saying that okay this these are the things that I'll have to do everything else that comes in my way will be a barrier uh, I have to overcome that and I have to keep moving it's really motivating and inspiring for me as and I'm sure for all the listeners so I read in one of the posts that you plan your calendar and you set few dates specially for such events. So, how do you plan it? So, so far the approach had been very clear. Uh, I was going ahead with a single-minded approach of getting through the Norseman ballot. And if I wouldn't get through the Norseman ballot, I would look at an alternate race. But this year I would be looking at it from a different perspective because... Very recently, I launched, uh, I conceptualized this project called Trinomics, uh, 
the objective of this project is purely to be able to uh, you know kind of chalk out a blueprint of how do I reach a certain level of performance which is comparable at an international platform uh, for example uh, when I'm competing at the X3 races uh, at this point of time I'm kind of struggling to get uh, to the finish line uh, that was uh, the first race the second race was much better but moving forward the idea is not just to finish right how do you compete for a decent position and you know for somebody like me uh, who doesn't come from an athletic background per se uh, who has uh, some set of responsibility at home as well as on personal front how exactly do you kind of work around your life and try and prioritize a few things uh, to reach that point and and probably along the way it also sets up a path uh, you know for others to follow because i remember the first time i was doing an extra i wanted to reach out to somebody who could kind of guide me and say oh you know this is what you can expect this is how you should train probably in my journey if you know when i kind of proceed forward i will be able to advise individuals you know in in a similar walk of life in a similar situation to be able to understand what steps need to be taken that's a really brilliant so um you have been uh, apart from doing triathlon and training for it you also have a day job and you have a family which also needs you so how do you strike that balance in between and oh, you are also a coach other than that right uh, well uh, to be very honest it's not easy there's there's no code that i you know i can kind of provide in terms of how do you create a balance amongst all three uh, i would say i'm still kind of working on it uh, it's never easy mm-hmm. because uh, by the time you're able to figure one part out there's a new challenge which comes your way uh, the all yes. these environments are extremely dynamic uh, so you know i wouldn't say i've still been able to figure out but uh, i'm try and do as much as i possibly can uh, without compromising mm-hmm. on each of the aspects uh, without compromising on the kind of attention i give to my family uh you know but sometimes i do fall short uh you know the yes. amount of attention that i need to give to my work because work as we all know uh in our current context can be very demanding it's not a regular 9 to 6 kind of a job you're yes. expected to be clocking more yes. hours right and you're w- working over the weekends as well and generally organizations are not always very supportive and sensitive to what you do outside of your work right Mm. so it's mm. it's a challenge i wouldn't say it's something which i have been able to crack uh, but i'm still working on it i try doing as best as i possibly can to create a good balance so how has triathlon or extra um, how has it changed you throughout the years how did it define you i think it's made me more disciplined and the fact that you know uh i i i try and keep myself very focused on what goals i need to achieve uh and mm. and take a very systematic approach of saying okay uh if you have to get to a certain point in life be it your work uh be it your personal relationships or anything uh you set yourself a goal yes. and you start working backwards and any challenge that you come across along the way i just see that as one of the hurdles similar to what you face on the race day unknown weather conditions mm-hmm. and exactly unknown situations that crop up in your life unknown challenges which come up 
from nowhere and you know i see them as just hurdles which need to be overcome i just put my head down and i keep telling myself it's all temporary uh you need to keep moving mm. keep moving towards your goal because you know uh, once you reach there all these things will not uh hold too much of meaning you know once once you're able to show what you are able to achieve and what you are able to kind of accomplish at the finish line uh people will look back mm. and be able to kind of understand what you did and why you did that that's that's uh, really great and i think all the listeners will take notes of it and try to apply in their life and set some goal i have set some goal for myself now uh, hearing your uh, insights it's very kind of you to say that you 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 draw some inspiration from my journey even though i feel that i've, I've just kind of started i'm, I'm <laughs> nowhere per se yes. where compared to where i want to be uh, and it's a constant struggle uh, it's it's not an easy one sometimes people might look at only the end result and get very fascinated by what you've achieved but there's a lot that goes on in the background there are a lot of sacrifices that you have to go through uh things which you can't kind of quantify uh but you can yes. only understand when you go through them so i always keep telling my athletes as well that you know don't sign up for a triathlon because you saw somebody yes. in your friend circle also do it uh that won't be a motivation enough until unless you uh have the drive within of saying that okay this is a challenge i am willing to take up for myself uh it might change uh the way i look at things the mm. way my perspective about life and makes me a better human uh makes me a fitter human wherein i make lifestyle changes to get fit uh there has to be a strong enough reason like that otherwise more often than not i see athletes kind of yes. struggle along the way because they never expected that over the weekend they'll have to go for a long ride and then come back and then do a run and then when the volume kind of picks up yes. uh, it gets it gets on to you mentally and when you are in that kind of a stage uh, you know uh, it's not that everything else in life gets relaxed everything else mm. takes a back seat and they are like okay go ahead you do your training and everything else will be you know kind of switched off for a while all the other aspects all the other challenges that you face in life will always be there so this has to be done over and above the 24 hours that you have uh, is how i put it across so you really need to be motivated enough because no one apart from you uh, will actually be able to kind of visualize uh, where you're heading and uh, you really need to be true to that and uh, over a period of time i do see people coming around and realizing that you know if you are missing from those social gatherings over the weekend uh, if you are slightly fussy about the food that you eat you don't want to eat out all that is for a reason uh, there are certain changes in lifestyle that you need to make a lot of sacrifices that you have to make but in the end it's all worth it that's really wonderful uh, siddhant uh it's really inspirational and like you said it's the process which needs to be appreciated and everyone have to experience that process to see the end result thank you for coming on the show and thank you for giving the listeners an insight into your life into the world of triathlon and how can one become the best version of themselves thank you thank you very much for joining thank you so much rohan as i said uh, it's it's a pleasure uh, to be on your show and uh, i'll be more than happy uh, if there's somebody who Uh, heard my story get some amount of inspiration to adopt a fitter lifestyle nothing like that thank you audience for listening to this episode and i hope you had a great time listening to his experiences and uh, 
If you found this episode helpful, make sure you write to us, DM us on Instagram at Epilog Media or in the comments below. Do share this episode with your friends and your buddies so that they get inspired and get pumped up to hit their goals. You shall hear me next week uh, on the same channel. You can listen to us on Geo Savan, Castbox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast apps. So till then, bye bye. Hit the road.